Welcome to another Inward Authority podcast. Today I'm going to share my experience with joy and how it relates to Scripture in the Bible. I'm going to read Galatians 5.22-21 to and listen carefully to what joy is linked with. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These things are all fruits of the Spirit. The fruit comes from spiritual activity. It's important to remember that godly joy comes from godly activity. Within the Bible, there is a differentiation between two different forms of joy. One form of joy comes through growing with God with increasing faith and good works, Psalm 35, Matthew 25, 21, 2 Corinthians 1, 24. Another form of joy comes with inequity, lack of discernment, and folly, Job 25, Proverbs 15, 21, 21, 15. The only joy that I really knew when I was growing up was that of lack of discernment, equity, and folly. My environment growing up did not have godly joy. I was not shown the fruit of the Spirit. I did not experience joy with my friends. Love, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness were not aspects I experienced. No one really sat with me teaching and demonstrating this fruit. I did experience some self-control, but self-control without love is not with God. See 1 Corinthians 13. Self-control for me was don't hit someone. In fact, a lot of it had to do with don'ts and do what you say you're going to do. My self-control at the time was about how to have fun and yet stay out of trouble or not get caught. I discovered ways to have fun, and these ways were not in line with God's good. It was all about self-gratification. Joy was a foreign, unknown mystery I had yet to experience. It took about six months of experiencing transformation into God's goodness for me to be introduced to joy. Lack of discernment and folly both involve quick judgment and poor examination of information. I live in what seems to be a superficial world full of quick first impressions and hasty reactions. I believe God wants us to slow down and use our senses more thoroughly. God wants us to discern and use reason. It wasn't until I started evaluating myself, watching my thoughts, looking at my attitude, checking for wrongs that I've done or people I may have hurt. It wasn't until I began doing all of that that I started to be able to make corrections in my attitude, my actions, my choices. I needed to first increase my self-awareness to where I could see what kind of fruit my inward spiritual conditioning was producing. In fact, even while creating this podcast, I was experiencing a lack of joy. And it had to do with my thoughts were not really thinking about God and how beautiful God is. Instead, my thoughts were focused on the elections, the stock market, and some chores that needed to get done. 
although these are important and can benefit me in certain ways, none of them are greater than God. If I don't see God's beauty, I won't feel it. If I can't discern that my spiritual life is wonderful and blessed, then I won't experience being blessed and feeling wonderful. The biblical term inequity is a form of ungodliness. There are many ways we can experience joy through ungodly behavior. Some examples are vanity, greed, lust, and gluttony. Then there are the deceptive ways of joy where we foolishly get excited over things without understanding. The Bible describes this as lack of discernment or folly. Back in my teenage years, I would set my hope towards the weekends where I would be able to party. I guess that's where I believed I could find joy. My God at the time was the party scene. When Friday came about, my friends and I would get excited and talk about where everyone was going. This anticipation of the event was part of the joy. I didn't understand the spiritual consequences at the time. Now that I do, I see the real joy was just the belonging and the being together. It wasn't in the stuff we were doing. The stuff we do is only something that gives us a reason to be together. I did not discern my actions or what my actions were doing to others. I was not thinking about love, gentleness, kindness, etc. My friends like crazy stuff, so I would get crazy. Hearing my friends laugh and be impressed by my craziness made me feel appreciated. I felt valued. My friends enjoyed crazy behavior. I did not question it or try to see how it was right or wrong. I could not discern because I was not taught how to discern. I could not discern because I did not experience godliness the way Jesus and the disciples teach it. I cannot discern what I do not know. In my recovery, I was taught to examine where my thoughts are seeking for my perceived enjoyment to ensure it was an enjoyment that would be beneficial. Is it lust, gluttony, vanity, or greed? If so, the Holy Spirit and the Bible are available to help me understand. This is often not a quick help, but a gradual corrective process involving some discomfort. It's not always comfortable to step into change. The way I understood how to enjoy life was not right. The things I sought after for happiness was spiritually destructive. I was very much into the physical aspects of joy. Joy I could get from a pill or from a rush from adrenaline, but not joy from spiritual things. This is not to a point fault. I wasn't wrong for how I learned to behave and think. I was raised in a broken world by broken people. There is a guidance manual provided to us that can help us experience the correct joy, the better joy, the spiritual joy, God's joy. For more on this, listen to the podcast series, Spiritual Growth Formula. To receive the consequence of joy, we must choose actions that can bring consequences of joy. We must choose to seek it out. We must correct our thoughts and ways in simple achievable steps through practicing new righteous thoughts, words, attitudes, and actions. I need to be in spiritual good to get the spiritual fruit of joy. And to ensure I'm doing that, I will need to practice discernment every day. I believe we need collaboration and discernment about our behavior. I'll share a quote 
from the Bible and then my experience. Matthew 13, 20-21 But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. This parable highlights consequences of being with God or being away from God inwardly. How much I give my mind and heart and soul and strength to God is really important. Such action is the key to joy. After about a year of much corrective action, confession, repentance, restitution, meditation, prayer, God reliance, grieving, and connecting with others about spiritual development, I experienced an understanding of how to be with God. This being with God is very much a mental, emotional, spiritual, cooperating process. For now, I just want to make the point I had joy with God, and I was 21 years old. Then I moved away to a university and lived in a dorm. I gradually shifted my ways of living and sought God less. After about six months, I was questioning the whole spiritual experience. I prayed for a sign, watched carefully, and a sign came. Yet I still put living with God and by God's ways on hold. Somewhere around my fourth year with God, I was exiting an emotional pit. I had forgotten God and pursued worldly success. I had slowly and subtly over time withered inside into a spiritual bankruptcy. It felt like the end for me. I was done. I reluctantly reached out for help and it was there. I was humbled and willing enough to accept redirection. I knew I needed to make choices to move into God's goodness and act upon it. And as I surrendered once more to God to serve doing right, that righteous way of being rescued my soul again. Being righteous is to each day choose to respond a little more with God's truth, mercy, peace, love, justice, compassion, and forgiveness within my mind, heart, soul, and strength. This cooperative action can position me to better receive the gift of grace. Restoration comes through restorative thinking and action, working together. To feel the goodness and grace of God, I needed to ponder it and let it become part of my thinking and feeling. I cannot cling to destructive thoughts and expect to feel much love. I need to grow forgiveness and mercy within me through action. Let go of pondering hurt and embrace peace. When I was in my pit of emptiness, I was disconnected relationally and listening to dark music. I not only listened to the music, but I would relate inwardly to the misery and hate the music described. I would experience the darkness and feel it. I would identify with it. This kind of thinking led me deeper into my torment. I need to be careful how I think and relate to spiritual terms to the world around me. This to me is the epitome of spiritual discipline. Coming to God is to participate in right actions. To enable myself to experience joy requires me to put away actions that promote hurt. I need to perceive joyful things to experience joy. I needed to experience something I truly believed to be joyful. I needed to look at things differently and develop a vocabulary I was not used to using. Psalm 16:11. You will show me the path of life. 
In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. I always used to feel irritated when others would promote positivity to me while ignoring the negative, while ignoring problems. Merely pointing out the positive without addressing evil can come across as condoning the evil. It's like ignoring it and hoping it will go away. If we don't look at it, it isn't there. This is not part of God's ways. Solutions come by resolving the conflict. Empathy is an important step. We all need to feel valued, connected, heard, and understood. Sure, we need direction on how to improve. I have found direction is received better by those who understand what they are saying through experience. Real empathy comes through having been there, where the other person is inwardly. With my party buddies, I had empathy. I experienced empathy with them because they understood how I was suffering. They understood where I was inwardly. And that was belonging. Our goals were not right and our attitudes were not right, but we understood each other. And there was something spiritual about that. I believe we all shared a resentment towards the world about how fake it was and about the hypocrisy. We associated with the poor and the broken and the hurt. Where suicide and drug abuse was normal. Where helplessness and hopelessness was commonplace. In Matthew 23, Jesus speaks a lot of tough words to scribes and Pharisees. These were the leaders. These were the teachers. These people demonstrated what was right and what was good. And they were very wrong. They were superficial and they were empty. They were missing the mark. Jesus referred to them as hypocrites, blind guides, unclean, and snakes. We need discernment. Because this kind of teaching exists today. Read Second Peter 2. Let's remember that we're here to learn about joy. And my experience with joy. And what the Bible says about joy. In order for someone like me who experienced so many lies and hypocrisy, hate, hurt, loss. I needed people who could accept this truth. Who wouldn't run away from it. Who wouldn't avoid it. Who could talk it out. Who could get real about it. I needed people who could understand. I needed sincerity, patience, and love. I thank God for the 12-step programs who were able to do that. To be real, some don't. But let's get back to Jesus. Jesus accepted murderers and prostitutes who were ready to repent. Jesus instructed how to get with God in ways that were not easy or comfortable. Jesus and the disciples didn't use false flattery or positive words. They spoke the whole truth, raw truth that was real. And I believe if we are with Jesus, we will seek to speak raw truth to each other. Think about the biblical words, rebuke, encourage, and admonish. The raw truth of the matter is that we live in a world with child abuse, broken families, prostitution, addictions, divorce, murder, exploitation, deception, war, slavery, and unspeakable violence, and commonplace insincerity. Perhaps condoning lack of discernment, inequity, and folly fuels such things. The solution involves growing discernment, getting real about who we are, talking about the whole truth, not just the positive side, but all of it together towards solutions. 
The spiritual goal is to feel fulfillment, peace, contentment, and joy. Joy with discernment and careful evaluation. Joy with solutions. Joy with acting more in righteous ways. Ignoring evil and focusing on positive things doesn't fix the problem, doesn't fix the brokenness, doesn't heal the wounds. Reading countless information to understand the evil doesn't correct it. We need to make changes. We need to make hard choices. I had a lot of anger, hurt, and loss to transition. I was stuck in it for years, not knowing I could be different. I accepted it as a way of life. This renewing of the mind, purifying the heart, and cleansing the conscience, which are all biblical instructions, helped me to find freedom, peace, contentment, and love. I couldn't find it before because I was too busy following other senses. I was a fault finder, blamer, complainer, excuse maker, justifier, rationalizer, grudge holder, disobedient, rebellious, stiff-necked, hard-hearted, insincere, sarcastic, passive-aggressive, and humorless person. Some of these I continue to struggle with, but most of it has drastically improved. I believe grieving is something that transitions loss into acceptance and empowers us into resolve. Sometimes grieving can involve hanging on to too much to the pain. I believe hanging on to the pain and believing I am a terrible broken person led me into a depression. Just as I needed to let go of my addiction behavior, I needed to let go of self-condemnation. I needed to let go of cognitive character defects. I can't experience joy and peace if I'm attacking myself. It's a big deal to change everything. I needed to accept a new identity. I had a lot of loss to deal with. Coming to peace with loss is an emotional experience that just can't be skipped, and I believe it necessary for joy. Let's try to be objective and practical for a moment about self-condemnation. I have met many people who suffer from this, and I realize it is habit-forming. Those who do it can get trained into it. We somehow, along the way, adopted a or accepted this type of thinking. Movies depict this where actors will slap themselves or call themselves stupid. They will talk down to themselves as a way of motivation to do better. It is using fear, anger, and pride for motivation. These are not godly traits. All of us practice both evil and good. One-sided negative thinking is just as wrong as one-sided positive thinking. The truth is the cup is both half full and half empty. We can acknowledge the truth and then see how God wants us to act upon it. If we listen to, follow, and obey God, then we see good things and practice good ways. The messages we tell ourselves need to improve to align with God's goodness in order to experience that goodness. We must practice forgiving and being kind to ourselves through godly kindness. It will be unlikely to experience joy while practicing self-degradation. We can pray for help from God to open our eyes to see good things. It was just as hard giving up habitual self-condemnation as it was to give up partying. I had to learn to give and receive compliments. To this day, it is a struggle within my mind to position myself to receive love and care from others. God's goodness and grace can come to me if I can accept it sincerely into my being. If someone tries to share compassion with me, I can reject it. I can change the subject. 
I can act like I receive it while inwardly distracting myself from the spiritual gift. Fear and disbelief can block it. I can believe it's a lie. Experiencing God's grace can require a gift giver and the gift receiver. The gift of grace, although freely available, can be ignored, rejected, and denied. I really had no idea what good things were. I had to see it through demonstration by others to believe it existed. When I saw people helping each other for the sake of doing right and the spiritual reasons within it, then I began to believe maybe there was a God. I had to learn to let go of thinking habits that would sabotage or block God's grace. I had to begin to a practice of concentrating on God randomly each day. Isaiah 21:11. It is a joy for the just to do justice, but destruction will come to the workers of inequity. Isaiah 29:19. The humble also shall increase their joy in the Lord, and the poor among men shall rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. There were those who would encourage me to be grateful, but for what? That didn't make sense to me. How could I be grateful when I felt so empty, alone, and dead inside? How can I be grateful when my whole world is falling apart? I needed to open my mind toward new godly good experiences and position myself in a way to receive it. As I suffered, learned to grieve, speak sincere truth, practice new character inwardly and outwardly over time, I began to experience godly good more and more. I eventually believed more and more as I witnessed such things. Luke 7.47 Therefore I say to you, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. I tried to do positive affirmations, but I did not believe what I was saying. I just felt like I was lying, saying, you're good enough, smart enough, and doggone it, people like you just didn't work for me. I needed to get back into action and participate in doing good. It is in the doing good, godly good, that I've found joy. Godly good involves forgiveness. That means both inwardly to self and outwardly to others. As I again set out to seek God and grow in God's ways, over time I began to experience joy. There is something that happens within me when I do things that are right. I'm humble, forgiving, and open to understand new things. When I advocate for truth, peace, justice, mercy, and love, I feel more spiritually connected. Yet in that process, I always need to let go of pride, resentment, fear, deceptive messages, and selfish ambition. I believe I experienced Romans 11.23, and if they do not persist in unbelief, they will be grafted in for God is able to graft them in again. You see, when I stopped seeking God and I stopped trying to do godly good, I stopped receiving the joy of being with God. And then when I returned to give God my all and participate in God's goodness, I again received that joy. I need to choose whether I'm going to seek to do godly good or not. I believe great joy comes through being in agreement with God's good, with continuance, perseverance, and endurance. Proverbs 12.20 Deceit is in the hearts of those who plot evil, but those who promote peace have joy. Let's take in the 
those who promote peace have joy. God's peace is about sincere love, truth, and fairness with impartiality. I believe peace comes through resolving misunderstanding and conflict. I experience more peace as conflicts are resolved. I do not experience peace through conflict avoidance. Conflict avoidance never resolves anything. I do want to make the point that a lot of the times resolving the conflict has to do with me accepting things for the way they are. Looking at reality, judging by facts, and correcting my opinions or stopping my assumptions, I suffer from a lot of quick conclusions that have lack of discernment that leads me into thinking errors that are distressing. There's a phrase or saying that goes on in meetings, making mountains out of molehills or pole vaulting over mouse turds. I make things bigger than what they are sometimes. And I emotionally react to it inappropriately. So a lot of times, using the discernment is evaluating myself, my emotional reaction, and my assumptions. So there's an old saying, check yourself before you wreck yourself. It's a really good idea. A lot of the problems that I have today, the frustration, the stress, has to do with how I'm managing my choices. There are a lot of times where I have perceived needs that really are not needs. Yes, I need a car, but do I need an expensive car? Do I have to have this job? Can I get by and live with something else? My wants and perceived needs may need some corrections. And going to God and looking how Jesus and the disciples lived and what they needed with God are good examples. I have found to experience godly joy a lot of times means I need to deal with having less. Less than the world suggests I need to have. And then having more. More of what Jesus and the disciples say I should have. I need to have time for prayer, meditation, evaluating myself, my thoughts, my attitude, my heart, my mind, to make sure it's aligned with God. I need that for great godly joy. If I don't do that, I'm not going to get it. If I place my joy on having a certain salary, car, house, the right wife or the right this or that, then I'm misplacing it and I'm not going to have godly joy. I need God and to trust God and rely on God for everything. Then I can grow in God's goodness and righteousness and grace and have great joy. Mm-hmm.